We're doing this without music today because Barack Lurie is a man of substance. <laughs> substance, not style, oh, is what sells the day. Take it away, Barack. <laughs> Talk about something. Well, how about if I just start singing and then... Very good. Thank you. This is the Barack Lurie podcast. I think they get the idea. Okay. This is the Barack Lurie podcast. Hope you are all well. It's a delight to be talking about this. I have a little bit of a cold. Uh, or at least my voice is raspy. My wife thinks it's uh, very pleasant to listen to. I don't see why. Oh, Barack. That's... Talk to me, baby. I don't know if she talks like that or sounds like that. But, uh... Isn't that Manti girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Oh, God. That's a story I don't want to get into. And that's the subject of today's podcast. Mate's girlfriend. No. Uh, today, I actually want to talk to you about uh, something, something very interesting. I was, I was actually talking to uh, a, a much older attorney, and he's a, a nice guy, and we're getting along really well. Opposing, we haven't had a trial yet. We're going to have a trial, but I know one thing about this guy. I know that he's going to be a straight shooter. I, I like him. He likes me. Uh, I've been practicing for a long time. He's been practicing for a long time, and we kind of... I, at one point, I said, you know, John, I really like working with you. It's really a pleasure. I feel like we're just going to let the facts, you know, gel where they, they may. And he said, well, that's the only way to do it. And, you know, it's just not worth it any other way. I said, I, and we started talking about this, and it was very interesting. We both came to the same conclusion. First of all, life is too short, right? We are in a business that is very, it's, it's about conflict, the very essence of conflict. We have, a, you know, even if you're running a regular business, you're constantly dealing with conflict, right? With vendors, with your employees, with your administrator, whoever it might be. And then, of course, with your spouse, uh, who may be also working with you. Um, and dealing with the city, dealing with taxing authorities, dealing with other regula regulatory bodies. Conflict, conflict, conflict. Um, and in the, in the law, you're... you're the very essence of what you're dealing with, the problem that you're facing, is a conflict between and among people. So day in and day out, you're dealing with conflict. So you try to minimize that conflict where you can. Uh, and, and once in a blue moon, and, I, and I, I should say more than once in a blue moon, opposing counsel are agreeable. I mean, agreeable people. They simply say, okay, well, show me your documents. I'll show you my documents. Let's just hash this out. What are your arguments? What are ours? Here's what the document we think will help our case. Uh, tell us if you, know, if you think that uh, there's no defense to that. If there's a defense to that, we'd like to see it. You know, I don't want to push a case that I think is, uh, is going to be a loser. That's the way conversation should go between and among attorneys. Um, and I, I think that that's... You know, I've, I've adopted that 20 years ago. And you might, 20 years ago, I was a third-year attorney. And let me tell you a cute story how I learned to do this. I was, uh, I was one of those tough guy attorneys. And I'm, I'm a tough attorney. I'm very assertive. I will advance my position strongly, but very respectfully, without being a jackass. I don't think anyone thinks of me as a jackass. They think I'm tough, but I'm not a jackass. I just know my stuff. I, 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 I am prepared ahead of time. Anyway, 
I was being very tough and being a jackass <laughs> to this other attorney. <laughs> being too tough and being a jackass. Right. This yeah. is back when I was a second year, maybe a third year. And there's, um, you know, in the process of litigation, there's something called discovery. And discovery is just what it sounds like. You're trying to discover what the other side has to say in, in, in regard to their allegations or their defenses, the case may be. What are the documents that support their case or their defense? What are the, um, the who are the people that, that know about this defense and so on? What are the other documents that, uh, that you might have, the arguments and such? Okay, that's, that's what discovery is. And you exchange documents and, and facts. And, and you have only 30 days by which to respond to those requests, generally speaking. And, but, of course, life is such that people sometimes need, need extensions. So this guy, an opposing counsel, calls me up. And he says, Barack, you know what? I just kind of got behind the eight ball. I got a lot of other cases going on. And it just... You know what? And I and, I, and I, I owe you the documents tomorrow. And I can give it to you, but I, I, they won't be good responses and not the kind of responses that you want. So, and I, and I have a vacation that I planned with my wife a long time ago. She wants to go on a cruise, and we're really looking forward to it. I'd appreciate it if you could give me like a week extension. So, what did I say? Oh, no. You yeah. didn't. Yeah, I did. I went <laughs> there. I said, I, I sensed that I had. I sensed that I had the advantage, right. the litigation advantage. I said, no, you must give it to me tomorrow. And a lot of other attorneys at this point, the opposing counsel, would say, why are you jackass? You're, you're such a discourteous thing. You know, you, what are you, young punk? You don't know what you're doing, all that stuff. And he could have done that. But instead, this guy says to me, all right, Barack, I, I got it. You're entitled to it. Don't, I mean, it would be nice if you give me an extension, but I'll give you the responses. I'll have to work up late at night. I might actually have to cancel my cruise, but I'll give you the responses. And I said, okay, then. And he said, but let me leave you with one thought before we hang up. What is that, Bob? I said, he said, it is we lawyers that make the law miserable for each other. And then he said, Goodbye. Hung up the phone. I called him back within, I think, about two minutes. And I said, Bob, how much time do you need? And he said, a, a week. And I said, take two. He said, thanks a lot. And we became good friends. So ever he, since then. he unjackassed you. Yeah. And <laughs> no, he was right. He did it in such a pleasant way, too. That's the funny thing. But he, he, he basically showed a mirror to me, yeah. to myself. And I, I really learned, I mean, he was, he was really right. We lawyers make the law miserable for each other. We don't have to. And for everyone else. <laughs> to some extent. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Uh, but when you're on the front lines, that's when you really see it. It's, um, you know, it's, it's not about being pleasant in the, the legal field. It's about kind of advancing your position. You know, when you play chess, it's not about emotions, right? I mean, if I've, if I've got you in a checkmate, it's not an emotional thing. It's just a factual thing. You know, either you sign the partnership agreement and you're liable for uh, the debts of the, the partnership, or you didn't sign it, or um, you sign this guarantee and you should be responsible for it, or you have some other defense. 
That's it. Those are the facts. And you try to work them out. And you also take as another fact the ability of the <clears throat> other side to pay. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. So that's you can you can really advance the position very nicely without being disgusting or a jackass, as the word we've been using. And ever since then, I realized I completely reshaped the way I looked at the law. Now, I still deal with jackasses. <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm not the jackass. Um, I deal with opposing counsel a lot of times that are very difficult to deal with. And, and I've learned how to deal with them. And I learned a long time ago. Because once again, there are no emotions in chess, right? None. So let's say jackass opposing counsel says to me, you give me this or I will just nail you to the wall. I'm going to pull you for sanctions. I'm going to do it. And I, and I know I know the law well enough to, to know what his remedies are and what they're not. And I'll simply say, well, Bob, you, know, you don't need to yell at me. Just, you don't like what I do. Just file a motion with the court. And I'll let it hash out. And they get so frustrated because here I am. I'm, I'm simply demurring to their emotions. I won't have it. In a way, you're letting them spin their emotional wheel yeah. without any friction or torque on the road. Right. And and so it is with all of our relationships, by the way. You know, you know there's no reason to engage a lot of times. Um, even with my, my beautiful wife, once in a blue moon, you know, we'll have these emotional no. things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Imagine that, husband and wife. Husband and wife's never happened. They don't argue, but <laughs> we do. Uh, yes, I'm laying it out there. <laughs> Barack Lurie. Yeah. A special man. I just, I want you to know, I argue. I can suppose my marriage is doomed. We argue. <laughs> but anyway, the point is that a lot of times you get to the point where, you know, I'm sure I've been this way. Uh, and, and my wife has been this way where you simply, you get too, too emotional and you simply say, you know, what, I'm just not going to deal with that right now. You try to do it respectfully and simply say, look, sweetie, now's not the time. Let's, let's talk about this later. And that may not be sufficient for your spouse. And it's different with your spouse. You, you live with your spouse. You, you share the same bed, hopefully, with your spouse. Uh, there's a, there's a, it's, the intimacy is, is different. But still, you have to be able to know when to separate the emotions. Um, so anyway, I find it a fascinating area. What do you think? Like, there's, a one, I, I, there's another story I want to share with you. I had a uh, very... Good client, long, long time client. And he faced a huge judgment. And um, I was called in after the fact when um, they were going to start levying on the judgment. And could I please settle for better terms? And the opposing counsel was very difficult. I'm going to do this and I'm going to pursue him, even if he files for bankruptcy, I'm going to pursue him for a fraud, which is a way of undoing a bankruptcy. And I'm going to do this. And I knew that he didn't have that ability. I know, I know a little bit about bankruptcy too. And he just kept on yelling and screaming at me. And I just ended up finding things. I said, I got to, I'm going to turn this around because I cared about this client a lot. <clears throat> so what did I do? I found things that he and I both liked. He's, a, he's up uh, north in a different town. I won't say the town. And uh, I found things that we liked that we had in common. 
And I, I said, oh, let's forget about this for a second. What do you think about X? It happened to be that he's also conservative. So I'm conservative too, right? And we were, in, we were able to talk about Israel and other things right and left. We spoke for half an hour. And we had the greatest time talking. And then finally I said, we'll call him John. John, you know, I, I really want the best for your, for your client. I understand they need to get paid. But hopefully we can do something that's really going to be working out of it. I want him to get his, his blood. You know, your client should get his blood from, from my client. I get that. But let's work out something. Else. And we ended up get, getting <coughs> probably the best settlement I've ever reached for any client. I extended that, that payment. I reduced the payment and I extended that over six years. It's unheard of. But I made a friend of this guy. And he and, now, he and I are buddies. I'm going to go visit him just for fun. <laughs> I've, I've visited him in the past, and I'm going to go fly up. And, you know, on a different, I have a pretext to go up, but he's a good guy. I like him. So whatever you can do to, to maximize your relationships, uh, you never know how it uh, how can help you in the end. Does the opposite sometimes happen when you're good friends with the council and then things go badly and wrecks a relationship? Um. It, it happens, but it happens rarely. Uh, it, we, took a, we talked a long time ago, you and I, Ari, about the difference between good decisions and good outcomes. And it's always a good decision to nurture a healthy relationship with your opposing counsel, or for that matter, for everybody, everybody you deal with, your, your vendors, your, your wife, your, your friends, your, the people you deal with in the street. Why not? I, I, I try to keep a good relationship with the, the cleaning lady who comes by this So let me guess this place. this straight. Barack Lurie's advice is it's better to go through life without people hating you. Yes. That's general. That's how complicated I'm, it is. I'm trying to work out the basics here. <laughs> yes, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a very complicated formula. <laughs> but if, if you follow me on you, this. You're going to have problems. If right. they don't, you'll have fewer problems. Right. right? <laughs> my, my uh, not my father, but somebody that I, I looked up to as well. I, I look up to my father deeply, but. A guy that I, I knew, he said, make friends with as many people along the way to your ordinary day. So that means the, park, the people at the parking garage. The uh, waiters, the, waitresses, busboys, bartenders. Yeah, security guards and the cleaning ladies for that matter. Yeah. Just make friends. Just, you know, be polite. You don't have to make friends even. You just have to say, hola, you know, whatever it is. I, I know the cleaning lady's name is Christina. She's lovely. I give her a Christmas bonus every year. We talk about something silly, maybe 15 seconds of time. But I, I recognize her as a human being. And people want that. It's another story altogether. Um, you recognize their humanity. And then when you need something urgently, surprise, they're there for you. you to call 911 when you have an heart attack. Right. To drag you out of the burning building. They'll take care to of you. Just answer the phone when it's ringing incessantly and you can't reach it and say, oh, yeah, he's okay. He'll be there. Right. You know, whatever right. little Aside from or the gigantic fact, act it is. Right. That's, that's a very good point. Aside from the fact that it makes you feel better. You know, don't forget, by, by recognizing somebody else's humanity, they recognize your own and you feel like you're part of a community. It's quite a, quite a nice thing to go through. So rule number two in Brock Lurie's advice here. Yes. If you're nice to people, it will feel good for you, too. Right. And it'll right. make you happy. Well, all right. <laughs> or help with your it, it won't make you miserable. I would like to make this sound a little bit more sophisticated than that. 
<laughs> but I guess that's the reality is that there, there's tr you know it's a, it is as simple as that. But right. I, I, but you I, but wait, wait, wait. Yeah. you would you would think that it's as simple as that, and yet people don't see that simplicity. Yes, I, we need to show them that simplicity. Just like you, you and I spoke before about uh, the conservatism. Conservatism is so much more straightforward uh, and commonsensical than liberalism, right? But and you, would, you and I see it so clearly, it's plain as day, that liberalism doesn't work. Conservatism does work, economically, socially, what have you. But there it is, you know? A simple statement, as we've as we've said before, the higher the taxes, the the fewer, uh, the less that people want to work. Surprise, right? I mean, you you could make that easy, kind of fun statement that you made a simple statement. So what you're you're saying, Barack, is if you charge people more in the way of taxes, the less they'll want to work, <laughs> and you'd be right. Exactly. That's why I was breaking down to that granular right. level of logic. Right. Almost stupidity logic because some things are that simple. So it, it is that simple. You it's know, that simple. people people uh, take uh, courses from uh, Anthony Robbins and read self help books when maybe right. the problem is they're just not being nice to everyone around right. them that they could be nice to, right. and thus they're living yeah. in a cloud of misery. You know, <laughs> that's right. I mean, I tell I tell my wife uh, and I tell any anybody anybody who's listening that it's worth simply. Uh, saying hello to a lot more people than you than you are, and you might say, "Well, you know, sometimes people are not responsive." I'll, I'll give you a ratio. I would say about nineteen out of twenty people, if you say hello to them, "Hey, how you doing? How's it going today?" Oh, and smile. And smile. If you yeah. smile, that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they, if if you do that, hey, how's it going? Missed it. How you doing? You having a good day? Great. Mm -hmm. They'll respond. Uh, they will respond politely and pleasantly to you as well. That's what's going to happen. One out of 20 people will not uh, respond to you, um, but they'll never be snarky with you. But they, the worst that will happen is they won't respond to you. And maybe they won't respond to you because they've got a psychological defect in their head or they've got a bad day going on. And or they're, they're preoccupied. Preoccupied. They didn't notice you. Yeah. You, you thought that you heard, that they heard you, but Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're or deaf. Maybe by they're the way. hard of hearing. Yeah, you know? exactly. You just maybe don't know. Maybe they're hard about. of sight. You know, and any of these. So things. it doesn't doesn't hurt by any stretch to be nice. And at the end of the day, you just feel like okay, you're you're connected once yeah. again. But also that illustrates something interesting. It it shows you how much of life is on you. It's your life to live. Yes. Take responsibility for your end of it. Don't worry about other people taking responsibility for theirs. They'll handle themselves. Right. You know, and miserable people are constantly running around going, well, why didn't XYZ person do this for me? Right. Well, maybe you didn't do it for yourself to begin right. with. There's a very good friend of mine uh, who is <clears throat> the most wonderful family. He's a friend of mine from Stanford, and he has four kids. For wonderful, wonderful kids, they're LDS, the Mormon Church, and I, I, I'm just I crazy about these people. They're so so kind. I, of course, I'm not Mormon. Uh, I, I I'm not Christian by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but it's not, it's not about theology. It's no, not about for them, you can always convert. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'll tell you something. If I were to convert to a Christian faith, it would be Mormonism. That's what I would do. Oh, good-looking girls. Yeah, they are. That's true. <laughs> uh, but I, I like their decency. Yeah. And uh, you could say all Christians are decent. I, I think that's true. But something about Mormonism just really appeals 
they, they have a really strong sense of standards. I like that a lot. It, it resonates strongly with, with my own ideals as well. Anyway, the point I'm saying is that uh, we visited them and we had a great time visiting them and they were kind enough to, to let us stay in one of uh, their kids' rooms. And in the bathroom of that kid's room was a little placard. It's, it says, uh, what have you done for somebody else today? That's what it was. And I thought, that's nice. That's really beautiful. Yeah, it's really it's yeah. so simple. And it just was a reminder, you're not alone here. Um, well, you, also, you, you have, your, your life should be a life about giving. Yeah, and also the, the wording, uh, what have you done, a doing, an act. Yeah. Uh, you know, life for, the, for people who believe in that life is more than just themselves yeah. and that death is not just an end in an ash heap, That's realize right. life is a, a, a journey of good acts. That's right. And it you really have is. to actually take affirmative positive action into doing those good acts. Yeah. I, 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 I got no disagreement from me. At the end of the day, um, it's, it's all about the relationships. Let's talk about the, the, you know, the converse. We talked before about you know, saying hello to the parking attendants, then the security guards, um, then the um, yeah, cleaning tip, ladies. And tipping well, the waiters and waitresses. The waiters, right. Yeah, those are yeah. examples. And, uh, and the people you see routinely. Uh, and, and you should do it anyway with people you don't even see routinely, Just but certainly the people you see routinely. Imagine you go into work, that same thing, and you don't say hello to any of those people for months on end, and you close the door, and you you just work, work, work. And you don't answer the phone, you just respond back and forth to emails, uh, nothing touchy-feely, just business, Right. Uh, you know, prepare the following complaint, uh, you know, follow the following motion, uh, get out these stats, whatever it might be. And then, you, and then you're done with a day, and you see all these people, you don't say hello to them at all. You just go right to your car, right back to home. It's obvious that that day is a very unpleasant day, especially if you do it over and over again. Well, I don't know. Well, if you're a patent lawyer. <laughs> you know, I mean, all you're doing so. is pushing paperwork and... Touche. <laughs> Ah, good response. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but I would hope those patent lawyers would at least have lunch with other patent lawyers and talk about how they hate just pushing papers. Right, uh, how much they hate paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting, the things that we need. And at the end of the day, relationships are everything. So, look, I started off this podcast by talking about reaching out, um, uh, you know, not being the, the jackass attorney. Um, seeing a way to develop a relationship with opposing counsel, opposing parties. And by golly, if you can develop a, a relationship with opposing counsel, um, you really should be able to re- develop relationships with just about anybody in your life. Yeah. Now, you've talked about in, in the Legal Minute videos and some of these podcasts about the, the process of selecting a lawyer if you're in the business, of, if you're yeah. in the process of shopping one. I think I know how, where you're going. Yeah. How, yeah. How is this something you can tell if you're in a consumer of? legal services. Yeah, it's great. You know, sometimes I hear uh, a, po- a, a potential client saying, I really need a, a pit bull. Uh, they actually use that word, a pit bull. Uh, and, and they're looking for a jackass attorney who's just going to be crazy, crazy, I tell you. Um, you know, it, 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 it may feel good to, to get a pit bull attorney to feel like he's on your side and that he's, but, but the reality is the, the so-called pit bulls, they don't know as much about you as you think they do, they're not as what they what they really want. What they really think that they want 
what they think they're getting is an attorney that is so involved with them, that, that knows them so well, that, that fights for them so hard. Okay, but a pit bull doesn't do that necessarily. They're just fighting. It's just, they're, just, they're just throwing their arms around. It doesn't mean anything. So I'd rather have an attorney who knows what my case is and why I should win and say politely. And is willing to take a good and generous deal when yes. what's offered and work yeah. out a best settlement when, when you're, save a lot when of you're money. under the gun and you know you owe something. Yeah. Let me, let me give you an example. Here's the conversation of a pit bull. Okay. You, you, your client is a prick. I think I can use that word here. Your client is a prick, and he's gonna, he's, we're going to just toast him, and we're going to burn him to the stake, and then gouge his eyes out. And, you, and if, by the time we're done with you, you won't even know. You know you'll be crawling out of this town, and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll be mocking you in every single internet, and we're going to just screw you over so much. You won't even, you'll, be, you'll rue the day that you ever saw us. You better effing put up you know, at least a million dollars or else, you know, yada, 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 yada. Okay? Yeah. Okay. And, and in my example... The issue and dispute is, let's say, a million dollars that the guy owes, uh, but there's it's n- nothing's ever 100. <clears> percent It'd be great if uh, you could sell, you could settle at 700 thousand. Let's say you're gunning for that, All right? So the, the pit bulls say, you, you give me two million dollars, hoping that maybe it'll be a million point two. Won't work, but that's what he's doing. Here's the other guy, well-researched guy. He knows his facts already. He's got it all. Well established. And he's not going to be a pit bull. He's going to be just factual. It's a checkmate. It just is it's what it is. It is no emotion. Look, Bob, um, you know, I, I appreciate your client, you know, is telling you what he's telling you. But you, what you probably don't know, and I don't blame you for not knowing it, is, you know, he actually signed the documents uh, two years ago. And um, that basically precludes the argument that he had that somehow he was not aware of it. He, obviously, he was aware of it as a consequence of that. So at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to have that. And then not only that, but, you know, we, we have an admission from him, and perhaps you forgot about this, but admission from him in one of his uh, deposition statements from three years ago where he said exactly that, that, that he did know about the promissory note and that he's, he un- understands that there's no defense to it and he's fully liable for it. So, I, I, you know, look, are we ready to settle a little bit? Sure. Anything is reasonable. I think, uh, you know, it's a million-dollar claim. And there's interest since, that's accrued since then. I mean, my client's entitled to demand the full 1.5. But you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if we could probably sell this for uh, 800000 Why don't we drop the papers? How about six? I think it's 750 Deal. <laughs> right. Like that. That's how it would work. Yeah. Who, who do you think did a better job? Obviously. You. The, the second yeah. one did. Right. Because he was more informed. Uh, information is power. And he was reasonable. Also, he didn't turn off the other guy. Yeah. You know, it's, he made the guy want to work for him. Yeah. To, to make him a hero. Look, I, dude, your exposure is very high. I'm, I'm explaining to you why you're going to lose this case in a very bad way. And, you know, you could really be a hero today. And also, these are not criminal cases where you're looking to send someone up the river to Sing Sing for four yeah. years. These are business deals, these business settlements. Deals. And they, the original business deal that led to this case was a pleasant business deal. Why does this business, end of the business deal have to be emotionally unpleasant? Right. Isn't the idea just to get it done, move on, right. and have both parties go away and live their lives with whatever right. settlement was just? Right. 
Also, <clears throat> and I'll leave it with this uh, thing. I, we may have talked about this before, but people reveal themselves with emotions. There's no reason to do so, especially in the law, frankly, and in any areas of life. If you start screaming, it shows you're out of control. We talked about this in the parenting context before, but it's also true in the legal context. If you start screaming, you are out of control. Not a good sign. You're sending exactly the wrong message. I had a case with opposing counsel um, that my client offered, we presented a very reasonable settlement offer. And we also said, look, you know, if you don't, kind of like what I said that, you know, if, if you don't accept the settlement offer, then we'll be able to counterclaim against you. And it'll be, a, you know, it would be a very unfortunate situation for you. And at, at the end of the day, I don't think you have a, a legal basis. But having said that, we were ready to give you a small token. In, the, in that case, I think it was like anywhere between five and $10,000. He should have taken it, by the way. And in response, it was sent on a Friday evening. He wrote back within an hour and a half with the most vulgar email I've ever read from any opposing counsel in my life, calling uh, my client uh, uh, an S-head, you, know, you can spell it out for yourself, um, using the word idiot, right and left. Just, I mean, you can almost see the bile coming out of it. A lot of exclamation marks, a lot of ellipses. And this was the mood the guy was in on Friday afternoon. Friday evening, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he revealed everything to me at that point. First of all, he was probably drunk, right? I mean, I didn't have to see him, but the, the letter, it was, this is from an attorney, writing an email to another attorney. It was, and he didn't wait till Monday. He could have waited till Monday. Could have, could have waited two weeks. Could have, could have written yeah. a beautiful response by saying, your settlement offer is rejected. I find there's no basis in your arguments. We'll see you in court. That's all. And that would have been more frightening. But instead, he said what he said. <laughs> and he said it when he said it. Because all I could think of is, why didn't this guy just wait until Monday? Why he responds so quickly? It shows a desperation. Yeah. It shows he's out of control. And it shows that he's an alcoholic. Or he's got or a drug problem, even worse. Right. That's what happened. All those things I, I learned instantly. And suddenly now I'm a, I'm totally in the driver's seat of this case. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. So it pays not only to, to be nice, as you say so simply, it pays not only because it's it feels good for you. But because it's good business, it's just smart, tactically, to be polite. Yeah, and if you have the, these emotions, you can always let just the emotional wave pass through you before you've taken action to communicate to another Absolutely. human being. You can be angry for a few Okay, I feel better now. I'll respond Monday. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Or you can talk to your associate, talk to your wife, talk to your a, a colleague, saying, what a jackass, whatever you want to say. Right. Uh, bounce off the idea if you want, but never, ever. Let them see you scream, see you sweat, uh, express any emotion other than a charming, pleasant disposition. Yeah. Well, with that, thank you for singing. Keep talking. I'm getting your This is the end of the Larry Law podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. So much to discuss. Talk to you soon.